thank you for joining us on One Size Fits Some, hosted by myself, Sebastian, and Blake. I hope you enjoyed the episode. How you feeling? Hello. How you feeling this morning? I'm feeling good, man. How are you feeling? I feel like I got the juice. It's been a. So can I make a confession on the podcast? Here? Make a confession, man. For you, it's a confession for you, and maybe it's not. Maybe you like you're like, oh no, I could tell. Um, but definitely a confession to the to the pod listeners. If we ever get any one day, oh, we're gonna get at least one. We will have one <laughs> faithful listener. We're talking um, to you, Steve. We're talking to you, Marty. Um. I would love it if there was one guy named Marty that listened like, to our Hi. podcast. He was <laughs> like, me. I love you guys so much. <laughs> he just always is telling people about us, but nobody else wants to listen. Yeah, they, they mentioned me by name on the podcast. You have no idea, guys. Come on, you got to listen. There. So my confession is there have been... I had to slurp the coffee for dramatic effect. Oh, yeah, yeah. Slurp there have been right many a days where I was not feeling it when you were on the way over. And I would like... I, I kind of didn't want to do it. Oh, no. But not because I don't want to do this. I want to do this. You just don't want to see me, man. No. I (laughs) have just had my head underwater for months now. And it's just, you know what I mean? Like, there's been so much much stuff going on. I've been like, how am I going to take, how am I going to burn a whole day podcasting right now and neglect all this stuff? But um, today, I kind of... I'm finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with some of these projects I've been working on. I finished a you know a pretty big video that was looming over my head. Um, I've sold two weddings this week already. That's so great, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? So like they're just the deals that I've closed this week, and then the other deals that are on the table. Um, you know, it's it's been a good week. Now I know that my my flaw or my Achilles' heel has been to take good weeks like this and then go oh. This is it. We're riding off into the sunset. Strap in now, boys, and um, <laughs> ride the wave. Yeah, you know? and now I understand. You know, recently in my life, that just there are just good days and there's bad days. And like, you know, don't take either one out of context. Is kind of where I'm living my life at. You know, if you have a bad day, go okay. There's always tomorrow. And if you have a good day, uh, you know, use whatever comes from your good day sparingly because tomorrow very well might be a bad day and it just oh, yeah. is going to be like that you take know what i mean as it goes man you yeah. got to take life yeah. and roll with the punches so but anyway so this this week um you know it's been it's pretty pretty good um i'm not sitting here like damn why is sebastian coming over i, I i'm i'm all right well, good. Good to hear, man. You actually look a lot brighter. I mean, I'll admit to everybody well, here listening, these past few weeks, it's you can definitely tell there's like a little dark cloud following Blake around. And Somebody's been sleeping at nighttime, too. Oh, maybe yeah. maybe there's a correlation maybe. between baby sleeping and you being a little happier. And me being able to function during this thing. So how, how have you been, buddy? I've been good, man. I've been good. Um, just same thing, closing lots of jobs, uh, trying to just roll through life. A lot of things on my plate with my family. Um, you know what's interesting? A guy reached out to us, wants to invest in this fertilizer that he developed. He wants me to use my connections with a Colombian distributor. I know, right? I know. I know. <laughs> it's kind of funny. But uh, a Colombian distributor that has this large sugarcane farm in Colombia and wants us to, or wants them to switch from the fertilizer they've been using for about 25 years. Yeah over to his and i asked him i was like hey 
I'd love to talk to this guy. I've known this guy for like 10 years. We could definitely set up a meeting and stuff, but I'd like to see the research data and the product before I even present it to my guy. And uh, I was like, because I was a biologist in, in college and I know how to read these studies and, and go through that. And the guy was like, uh, I think I'd rather talk to the uh, the farmer first. Mm. And I was like, what? You know, you-, you know what this all sounds like to me. What does it sound like? Man? So I've been listening to a podcast series right now about how like the crack and cocaine epidemic. So this really just sounds like an elaborate drug smuggling. You think so? You uh, think plan? To, you yeah, think this whole thing. To... Yeah, Colombian farm, whatever. Yeah. But now they're trying to smuggle drugs into Colombia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Colombia, <laughs> yeah, because Colombian. Uh, because think about it this way: the there they is, give so much. You can grow legal weed here that is a lot higher quality yeah so a lot more of the premium users in colombia are like hey i want some of that american stuff that they're growing legally dude speaking speaking of uh paraphernalia i so i was talking to somebody about this the other day i need to know if you experienced this because now as a 30 year old almost this is the wildest thing in the world that they did this but you remember the dare program right which, oh yeah. Side note about the Dare program. <laughs> Did you ever see that meme? It was like Dare really had me thinking that I was going to get offered free drugs randomly more oh, often yeah. than I have. Yeah. <laughs> Never has that ever happened. Mm. Nobody's ever been like, "Want some cocaine, bro?" I'd be like, "For free?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> Please. <laughs> but so elementary school, I swear to God, I was in like fourth grade, fifth grade, and these cops came in to talk about Dare. Yeah. Um. Did they brought? drugs like real drugs in like sealed jars like what and passed them around the class did that never happen to you no i thought that was the wildest thing yes what what did they pass around i like cocaine like hard shit dude and like i'm like a fifth grader holding like a jar like a sealed jar of cocaine how much cocaine was in there i mean i would have felt it as a little fifth grader, as oh. a little sixty-pound fifth grader. Like, was it like, like how big was the jar? Describe it to me, because I, I mean, didn't know how much it was. Like a regular people, mason jar that you yeah, think like of? a mason jar, and like if you filled it, it was probably like a third of the way, halfway. Uh, no, I mean it wasn't that much. Cocaine. Okay, I was gonna say, I was like, man, that's a lot of money. But like, I just thought that was crazy. Like, that that, that shit was sugar, man. <laughs> Come on! There's no way they're giving kids cocaine. They had, in a they jar. had cocaine, and then they had parsley in the in the, in the weed <laughs> oregano in the weed jar. <laughs> was it in little? Do you remember? This might have been too long ago. Do you remember? Was it like in little buds, or was it like leaf, like loose? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. If it was loose, then bro, that was that was pizza seasoning. <laughs> that was oregano, basil. See, y'all never, y'all never. Hell no, man! I remember Dare coming to my school. And I remember I, I have I suffer from really bad anxiety. And I remember just suffering in my seat when they were talking about people like pulling you around the corner and like putting you against the brick wall at school going, hey, take these drugs. Do these, yeah, drugs. Do these drugs, man. <laughs> and like I used to be terrified that so like every time I'd walk around my school, which was an entire brick building, I'd like peer around the corner of the <laughs> building looking out for these sketch ball like six foot three fucking drug dealers dare really had us just like not gonna not gonna get drugs thrown shoved down my throat today no sir not me the craziest i think the craziest thing about dare was that they were put on by the generation above us so like our parents and like those people gen gen x gen x but they grew up during the time where 
freedom, love, expression, all that. They were the ones doing all of the drugs. Dude. And so they grew up and they were like... Everybody that went to Woodstock created D.A.R.E. How the fuck does that even happen? How the fuck does that even happen where you literally go to this festival, this like legendary festival where drugs and everything are happening, peace, love, and happiness. Leonardo DiCaprio's parents are there and his mom's got hair in her armpits and they're doing weed. and Boobs are out. Boobs are literally out. Boobs are everywhere. And then they hit 30 years old and their kid's like five and they're like, you know what? No drugs ever again. And I don't want you to ever experience the fun I had. Fuck you. Let's create dare. So what's your, what's your stance on drugs? Legalize them all? Oh, legalize every single one of them and then have for-profit facilities that take care of the people that may overdose or want to experiment. And I truly believe in the greatest form of freedom, which is self-expression. I think as long as you are doing the drugs in the safety of your own home and you're not hurting anybody, you're fine. But if you're going to shoot up fucking, what is it? Uh, what is Walmart. That? Walmart. What, what were you saying? Or no, no, no. Like, what are those bath salts? Oh, I thought you meant like shoot. Like, no. You're going to go crazy. Oh, okay. I meant like if you're going to like do bath salts or shoot up heroin, not heroin because you just pass out. But if you're going to like shoot up whatever other drug you can shoot up that's not heroin and go to a Walmart and just start eating people's faces, yeah. then, you know, yeah, like, let's go take that as a case by case basis. It kind basis. of sounds like a good Thursday night to me, though. It, oh, real? Um, do you think like people should just be able to do meth? Yeah. You know? Yeah. There are people that do meth right now. Like, you don't, you, everybody, okay, so that's another thing. People always take the extremes of the people that do the drugs and take that as the poster child. Like, the stereotype is not the rule. The stereotype is, or is not the... The extreme. It's, it's the, yeah, the, the stereotype is the extreme version of it. Like, I have a couple of people that I know personally, right now, that have been doing meth for, like, five years. Yeah. And they are fully operational. Oh people. yeah, there's there's totally like functioning meth users, right? And they're they're they literally have teeth that are fine, like their skin is okay, like they but they do meth. I have friends in very high places right now that do cocaine on the regular. I mean it it's a case by case basis where some people are going to abuse the shit out of it, and some people aren't. That's that's really interesting to me. Um, so you know. My, I, we, if you listen, if we ever put that podcast out, you know, I grew up as a church kid, whatever. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. So, so, so we talked about, I never had my first drink until I was 21, you know. You're such a good boy. I am. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm such a good goober. Um, I'm such a good goober boy. But so, you know, and that wasn't. That was more of like some stuff I saw growing up and everything too that I was just like, oh, you know what I mean? I'm going to be careful around that. But so, you know, when I had my first drink, it was still like, well, well weed is bad, you know? Um, and then and then I think where I changed my stance on weed was one time we had some people from our church, the church we were going to in Vegas, and they came over for dinner. And they were like, they were a couple a little bit older than Hannah and I. And um, they were like leaders in the church or something. And he had some position or whatever. And so they used to be Mormon, and then they converted to Christianity. And I don't know if you know wow. this or not, but Mormons aren't allowed to drink coffee. Yeah, yeah, like any kind of... Not any kind of caffeine, because I asked them one time, I was like, well, what about energy drinks? And they were like, well, that's a gray area, so we can drink Monsters and Red Bulls. And I was like, well, that makes no sense, but that whatever. makes zero yeah. sense. So this dude converted from Mormonism to Christianity, and he was talking to me about that. And he said, he said, dude, I was bought 
in. Like he was like, I was, I was going to run the entire Mormon church was what I thought when I was a teenager. Like I was that serious about it. And he said, and then I converted to Christianity. He's like, then he said, I had my first cup of coffee and he was like, oh my God. He said, you could not imagine the guilt. So I'm thinking about somebody being guilty from drinking a cup of coffee. And I thought like that really was something bad to this guy. Yeah. And it's not, but I mean, it's, I mean, it's caught. I mean, it, it is a drug, it's caffeine, you know, whatever we can get into that later. But I was like, that's, ins- if he can actually, if he can actually feel bad about that, then what else are, you know what I mean? So that made me think about weed or, or whatever, you know? And then now, so I'm just like, is that, is that a thing? Can, can you just, can you just smoke a little weed? Like you would just have a glass of wine at night? You know what I mean? But yeah. then, but then I take that even farther. Can you like, what if, I don't know if I agree with that, but like, what if there was like controlled meth and cocaine and hair? Can you, you know what I mean? Like, could do a little coke? Could before. you norm, could you normalize coke like you, coffee? Think, could that be a thing? Like, like daddy yes. wakes up and just has to like, and maybe it's not snorting it. Maybe it's not like Al Pacino. <laughs> you know, there's a whole brand around snorting coke. But what if it is ingested in a different way, and then it's marketed as such, and then all of a sudden now it's just normal. And there's you commercials like about Adderall doing coke in the you morning. Mean, you mean Adderall? <laughs> Literally Adderall? Adderall is meth. I don't know if you've ever done Adderall, meth, and coke. But as one has done two out of the three, and I won't say which two out of the three, um, they are quite similar. Very different, but quite similar. And um, I'm just very surprised that people don't see it that way. Because, yeah, Adderall... Vivance, Ritalin, all of that is legal coke. It's legal meth. It's legal, more so legal meth than legal coke. But yeah, like that stuff's legal. And people take it in the morning, just like you said, like daddy needs to wake up and he's tired, but and he has to focus at his job. Pops a, pops an Adderall and he's good for the rest of the day. I think the taboos in general are socially created constructs. Yeah. I, I truly believe that, especially in the realm of drugs. Because in a lot of cultures outside of this nation, they have you know um, rituals where they take a psychedelic drug and take, put them in the woods or something, and then like literally let them find themselves to become a man. You can't do that in the U.S. I'm gonna do that to my three-year-old next month. Well, he is becoming a man. Yeah. So he needs he needs to toughen up. Really. Yeah. He's a little talking soft. about something. It's cold. I need a blanket in the car. <laughs> like you? No, you don't. The hell you do. In his air-conditioned car. Yeah. I was like, I got heat on. Just wait seven minutes and it'll be hot. Nah. It takes a long time to heat up. Give him some mushrooms and throw them out in the backyard. But imagine that. Imagine like normal suburban whatever, like just taking a little Coke in the mornings. Dude, people do that right now. and But it's illegal, but people do it. It's illegal and there is a dark branded stigma around it. You know what I mean? I like you're doing away. something, whatever. Like, which... Now, let me just say, let me just pause right here and say that I am a huge supporter of trying to not need anything to be yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Except for coffee in the morning. Well, I'm saying I I do drink coffee. (laughs) I do. But like, it's not necessarily so much because I need it. Like I, I, I am dependent on it physically because I drink it every morning. But like, it's not. Like it's a drug It's addict. not a mental dependence. <laughs> it, I really just enjoy it. You know what I mean? And it's just part of my routine. Uh-huh. Um, 
but I mean, even that, even I've thought about that before. I'm just like, well, if I didn't drink coffee, would I be the same person every day? And if that's not the case, then is that okay? And, you know, because like I've seen, I've seen people talk about stuff like they need to smoke a little weed before they go into Target to shop because they just can't cope. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, yeah. I, here's where we can get canceled real quick, but I just don't know if I agree with that i'm like i think you okay so you can be canceled but let me tell you kind of where my mentality is regarding this so i i studied biology the majority of my life and in biology there is a lot of ecosystems that have organisms that share symbiotic relationships so that they can achieve a greater goal so for example nitrogen fixing bacteria in the root systems of a lot of plants help create uh, absorbable nitrogen so that those plants can absorb nitrogen efficiently. Now, the plant by itself may be able to convert to the nitrogen itself, but it's going to have a lot harder time and a lot more are going to die because it's not going to be as efficient. Mm -hmm. So in a similar regard, let's just say you and your coffee, it doesn't negatively impact you if you do it at a at a relatively low dosage, mm-hmm. like a cup of coffee coffee every day will help you get your day started and help you be more productive. Mm-hmm. And it, that's a symbiotic relationship that you have with coffee. So somebody who needs to hit that bowl before they go to Target, that may be their form of a symbiotic relationship with weed. So I think that every human being, we utilize tools to better ourselves. Yeah. Because if you keep that mentality, not saying your mentality is wrong or anything you think is wrong, but like if you keep the way you think, then you shouldn't be in this house. You shouldn't drive a car. You shouldn't have an iPhone. You shouldn't have any tools because you don't really need it. But it sure as hell makes your life a lot easier. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like, I'm more so talking about people that will admit like, I cannot make it through the day without XYZ. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was at a party one time, you were there, and there were some people actually talking oh, about there? like the vaping or whatever, you know? And somebody was like, Oh, I thought you guys were supposed to quit and and they were like, Oh, we were going to, but I just life's just been so crazy and sometimes you gotta have something to look forward to. Yeah. And like that is a little much for me. Like you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a difference in doing the things you like. And saying, I enjoy this, so I choose to do it, versus going, if you take this thing away from me, I have, like, I can't do it. Well, that's the difference between a symbiotic relationship and a parasitic relationship. So that parasitic relationship is basically their body forcing them to consume that that nicotine and it's draining them and it's making it's a it's a negative impact Mm -hmm. so in that case i agree with you i don't think they need that because it's creating a parasitic relationship but things like if a guy if i knew the best wall street stock broker hedge fund manager whatever bullshitter if i knew that he was going into the bathroom every 30 minutes for a line of cocaine but he was producing the best numbers out of anybody staying in the office late his health is taking a a big hit here and so it might be considered parasitic but hey in terms of workflow this guy has a very symbiotic relationship with that cocaine and i don't want him to stop i'll give him his own personal bathroom (laughs) so i think that's kind of that's been that's been a huge line that i've tried to look at in my life is like what what's really me you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how many things can I take away and and still be me? 
You know, like, uh, let's let's go to the most extreme concept. Like, you're Sebastian, right? So how would you say your demeanor so. is? Like, how would somebody sum up Sebastian? Like, lighthearted, jokey. Cocky asshole. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> but happy, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, like, how many things do you have to, like, put you through or take away? Like, let's take away all your money and take away your regular income. Let's let's kill your wife. Let's Holy like shit, let's man. kill your whole family. Oh, like my point is is like how many th- things outside of you can we take away before you are not Sebastian anymore? Before you're angry and you don't talk to anybody and you're not even cocky. You don't have that ego anymore. And then it's like what are you? Were you you ever or were you really just some mirror of a mix of everything around you mixing into a certain pot of I things. think that's really interesting because I did lose everything. You did. That's I right. lost, but I was still me. So I think it's really interesting to see where that line would have been because mm-hmm. I broke my back. I couldn't walk for a year. The grandmother who raised me died. Mm-hmm. My dad went to prison. Mm-hmm. The relationship I was in for seven years ended. I lost my, I lost my job. I, my company was going under. I had nothing. It did change you in a way, though, right? Yes. I mean, so how did it change you? It made me more resilient, I think. I think it, 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 it peeled away all of the layers that I felt made my life or made me who I was until I was left at a little core, like a little, it almost felt like a little titanium steel core of who I am. And it made me literally look at myself in a way that I've never seen myself through the layers, through all the bullshit and see this is who I am and this is who I'm capable of. So no matter what happens around me, no matter what happens, I will still be me. Yeah. And, and that, and if any, if it's done anything in my life, it has made me consistently happy. Yeah. Because now I know who I am. Yeah. And I don't care what I do, what happens, I will always remain me. Yeah. And I feel like not a lot of people have that experience. Like, I don't know, what, what would it take for you to lose yourself, mm. similar to how people lose themselves when they take heroin or like hard drugs, they lose a sense of who they are. I think having kids makes you lose yourself uh, pretty quickly, Whoa. you know? Um, <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. You know, I was talking to Hannah about this the other day. Like... Hannah thinks that I'm I'm kind of a stickler and she thinks sometimes that I might be uh, a little dependent on comfort, you mm. know. Um and I had to clear that up for her because you know we were watching a show and this guy was talking about how he your programs. This guy we were watching one of our programs and <laughs> this guy was talking about how he like lived in Africa for a couple of months photographing wildlife and he was like yeah i had to hide under a blanket from the sun and hide from mosquitoes and then sit really close to lions and really still and wait to get the po- the photo and stuff and i was like that sounds awesome that sounds amazing you, you were thinking that was really cool i would love to do that oh but handles like no 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 no, no. but i <laughs> would not love to do that as a father there's a difference. You okay. know what I mean? Okay. Like, like even if I'm, if not, first of all, if I'm there with them, that's mm-hmm. a shit show. Like kids, you know what I mean? They're, they're babies, they're kids. I got to worry about protecting them. Like there's a whole different whatever. Right. But even if I'm there without them, like I'm a dad, like what if something happens to me? What if the lions get me? What if the plane crashes? Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. everything that I would, you know, so I think a lot of people, parents get painted out as this person that is, you know, in a box or not really up to adventure. 
And really, it's like, no, you're just a parent. You have a lot more to worry about now that you didn't. You you're know, afraid. No, not necessarily yeah, afraid. Yeah, it sounds just, like you develop a you've, fear. You know, you've got more on the line. Like, you know what I mean? Which makes you afraid. No, it make there's more for you to care about. You know, yeah. like if I if I go out in Africa and I don't have any kids and maybe I don't have a wife and then I get mauled by a lion while I'm trying to take pictures of them. I mean, that would suck. I don't want that to happen. But I mean, my mom misses me. My friends miss me. Okay. But like, if I do that and I have a wife and kids, there's people that are just left with a gaping hole forever. And granted, my, my parents are left with a gaping hole. If I yeah, know. I was going to say. Like, but but it's it's probably different than what like my children and my I wife too. and stuff. I, dude, if you, if, you were, if you got mauled by a bear and you had no kids and no wife, dude, you better believe a lot of people here would feel that void. And you left everybody for your adventure. I'd be, I would personally be happy for you. You'd be like, that is sick. I, yeah, I'd be like, that's what fucking great. What a cool that he, way to die. Yeah, that he followed his dreams and he did that. But to me, hearing that you are now more, res, like, more resistant to doing it because you have kids, it, it breaks my heart. Because I feel like the kids should only amplify your life and make you more of something that you want to be rather than detract from the things you want to be. It's not that they detract from the things that I want to be. It's just that, I mean, let's talk about this in economics, like wise, right? Like everything costs something. Nothing yeah. is free, right? So if I don't have children, all of Blake dollars can go into Blake. But I've got children. So now I've got to spend a significant amount of Blake on this kid. And this kid and my These wife, Blake dollars. and then how much Blake dollars are left to do something that would be really expensive in Blake dollars, like risking your life in Africa to take wildlife photography next to lions. You, you know what I mean? It's just you're spent in different ways, and really the last one that you are able to spend your dollars on of yourself is you. You know what I mean? You get what's left over. I think that the way you look at it is very, very selfless. I, I, I commend you for that. But I think at the same time, you start, you're right, you, you lose yourself. And I don't think it's ever worth losing yourself because then you, you become part of your environment. You fade into the background and you lose, you lose yourself and nobody will ever, ever remember you. You just become a bland shell of your children. What I really, really respect is the Steve Irwin story. You remember him? You remember the crocodile oh, yeah, hunter? Steve. Yeah, and when he had kids, I mean, he was dangling his babies when he was doing crocodiles. He was carrying his child in diapers while he was feeding crocs because that was his dream and passion. He got so much backlash for it, and people were like, how could you? You're a father now. Don't you think about them? And those are the people that lose themselves to their kids. But then guess what? He continued his adventures, and and he still loved his family. He was with his kids almost every day. Yeah. And guess what? He gets stabbed in the heart with by a stingray and literally pulls it out to let the stingray live because that was his legend. That was his legacy and that was his heart. He yeah. loved animals. And guess what his son does now? Yeah. The same shit as him. And he is a legend. I think there's a happy medium between Steve Irwin and, and being a nobody dissipating into the, the wind. Um because I've thought about this. I've thought about, I've thought about what we're talking about. And I think we've talked about this on another episode too. But I'll, we can talk about it again and I'll talk about it in a different lens. I think about my kids, right? Like, what do I want for my kids? I, a, lot of, a lot of parents, <laughs> yes. I want them to just take their little hit of Coke every morning to get through <laughs> the day. a little bump before they start. What's mommy's... Imagine that commercial. What's mommy's secret? <laughs> and it's like a branded 
Coke, Coke. Yeah, they, they, dye, they dye it green. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's like in packaging. Yeah. Anyways, what do I want for my kids? Um, a lot of a lot of parents. These are the same people. I think the same people that don't want their kids to move away. I, okay, when Van is older and he's moving away, I will be worried about him. I will love him. I will miss him, and I will be sad that he's going away. But I will be so excited for him to go off and do his own thing. I think the parents that don't want that at all are the people we talked about on that one episode that literally want to Helicopter create pe- no create people oh, to love them. Yeah, like, hey, yeah, I created yeah, yeah. you to be here, love me, take care of me, Why and don't go anywhere me? and do anything. Yes, yeah, exactly. Mm. Spanish moms, your Spanish mom. No, uh, I'm just that's kidding. not my mom. She wants me to come back. See, see, <laughs> but no, no, no. She wants me to go out on my adventure and then come back. But so what do I want for my kids? Well, I want them to do all of it. You know what I mean? Like I want to, I want to give them an awesome full life so they can go on and lead awesome full lives. Yeah. And so the, the way, the, the, the grounding force that I know, okay, I should not dissolve everything that is Blake into my children is the fact that I think about Van and I think about how I want him to be such a person and I think about if he were to grow up, get married, and have kids, and all of a sudden, now there's no more van. It's just him for his kids. That would make me sad. So I'm like, okay, well, then I probably don't need to do that either. Absolutely. So, but there is a, there's a medium, though. Yeah. Hanging your kid over tigers or whatever is probably, is probably I mean, too Steve far. was definitely a little bit of an extreme point there. You know, I mean, he was definitely a personality and had to kind of uphold his, his legacy there. But... I mean, you you want to give your kids something to look up to. You know what I think? You know what I mean? I think with anything, there are sacrifices that we have to make in life where we need to know which ones we need to get used to and which ones we don't. So take take a take a married couple, right? And you've got the the man and the woman and the guy, maybe he's a truck driver. Truck drivers make a lot of money. So he's gone for weeks at a time sometimes, you know. At first, when he starts doing this, she probably misses him like crazy. He yeah. misses her like crazy. But that's the sacrifice you're making. Mm-hmm. But what happens? They keep doing it. And they go, either I can be miserable and miss this person like crazy this whole time I'm gone. Or... I can kind of try to find comfort where I'm at, where I'm at, and get used to it. And then what happens? Finally, twenty years of a trucking career goes by. This guy retires. Now he's at home all the time, and they hate each other. Oh, I don't even know how to be married to you anymore. Like I swear to God, that happens because they got used to that circumstance. They go, okay, well, I would love to be with you all the time. But it's like an adventure. Well, no, they just go. I would love to be with you all the time, but that's not possible. So I'm going to get used to this new circumstance and kind of throw away that thing that we wanted. Um, so I, but I do think it's like that. It's like the fairy tale story. Well, I'm saying the people, it's like, what's, what's that movie that they do that same thing, uh, national treasure the the guy and the girl meet on like a circumstance where they're going on this high filled adventure and they're having to suffer and having to like have separation and go through trials. And then once they find the big pot of treasure at the end, they're so happy. And it's like, Oh, they live happily ever after. And it's like the next movie starts, they're getting a divorce. What I'm saying though, what I'm saying though, is that that's, that's not quite what I'm talking about. What I'm mainly talking about is the concept of putting certain things on hold. Like, Okay. okay, we're talking, we were just talking about like, 
what can we take away and will you still be Sebastian? Well, the, the fact of the matter is you can take anything away take anything and you'll still away. be okay. And, and it will change you. But you'll be okay. And you might not want it to go away at first. But what you'll do is you'll, you'll make yourself somebody that is okay with it. Because if you were always living in a miserable, constant, I'm not okay with this state, you would, you would just go insane. You would be so unhealthy. You would probably die from some disease that you would contract from stress. So people adapt. You know what I mean? Like, That's our superpower. If you, if you drink three cups of coffee a day, and then, or all coffee was dissolved from the earth, you would have withdrawal symptoms, and it would suck, but eventually you would, you would get used to that, and you would have to move on and be okay. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't, you couldn't cope if you lived your entire life still living, but being like, I wish I had caught, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like people, people, to, so going back to what you're saying, like what makes you you? Is it the things that you do around you, or is it you? Like it's probably the things that you do around you, because there's things that if you took away, it would change you, you know? But I think people can handle a lot more than they think. But what I'm saying is this. There's certain things that you have to choose to keep, like yourself or like your relationship with your spouse. Because what can happen is, okay, Hannah and I right now, we're going through a very, we're going through like the craziest time, you know, probably one of the craziest times in your life. You're in your 20s, you have young children. You're trying to, you know, start careers. Like, if there ever was not a time for Hannah and I to be a married couple, um, that's that's right now. Now, luckily, we got six years alone. You know what I mean? Before we had a kid, but like, what can happen? Well, what can happen is you can get used to not going on dates. You can get used to not talking. You can get used to not interacting and hanging out. To whereas at first you miss each other, but eventually you're okay with it because you move on with that new circumstance and it changes you. And then once you've freed up again and you have the ability to see each other, you don't really want that anymore because you don't need it anymore because you've adapted. You understand what I'm trying to say? No, I do. I get so it. there are things like, you know, there's people that, you know, they are a person, they're a force of nature, they have a personality and then they have a kid and they don't really have time to be themselves. So they sacrifice that and they get used to it. And then boom, kids move out. And it's like, well, I, I don't really need to be whoever so-and-so was anymore, and I really don't want to. I've gotten used to this new circumstance. So what I'm trying to say is there's probably a lot of things in life that you have to put on hold or sacrifice or like put on the back burner, but you have to be careful not to just let those go, like let yourself really adapt into that new circumstance. You, you know what I'm saying? I think it's having to, a goal. And then we talked about that this on before. purpose, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's talking about, it's like, you know... They always say having a relationship in your base form, which I know saying base form is probably a weird way to put it. What but having chemistry, anyways, like <laughs> having a having a relationship in your base form is the best time to have a relationship. Like you and Hannah had a relationship in your base forms, where no, not a lot of stress was going on, and y'all had a goal, and y'all know what the baseline is, mm -hmm. so that when crazy things do happen. Y'all didn't meet during a crazy time. Yeah. And then when it comes down, mm -hmm. it's like low and mm -hmm. you guys can't, you know, mm -hmm. pass because you don't know what else what what else could be other than your relationship at a crazy level. But now that you guys have kids, jobs, stressful times in your life, like y'all know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel because y'all had it for six years mm -hmm. and everything's gonna be okay. And y'all have that goal in mind. 
and I don't think I think both of you guys are smart enough to see it. Like you said at the beginning of the podcast, you know, you're starting to see the light at the tunnel, mm-hmm. and you and I think the same thing goes with your relationship and who you are as a person. It's like you can go through all of these trials and tribulations and go through bad days and go through bad times. But when you when you sit down, you clear your mind, and you just see the the light at the end, and you know it'll be there. You're able to conquer that stuff so much easier, mm. because not easier, but it, it, it's it's more manageable because you can see it. So, like, let's say you and Hannah are like, let's say you're the truck driver, and you guys are going through this crazy time, and you know you have to suffer. I think the difference between that truck driver and you is the fact that once you retire, you still had that goal in mind from the very beginning and you're like honey i want to make this work honey i love you this is what we work so hard for i think a lot of people though like you're talking about goal it's it's more than a goal though i think it's a i think it's you you have to choose i think so many people just follow what it is that they naturally want at all Mm -hmm. times and if they don't want it they go well i guess i guess that's not for me I'm not very inclined to that, you know? Like, let's take something ridiculous, something you don't have to have, or something that nobody would make a commitment to, like coffee. Coffee. Right? Or drugs. Well, okay. So let's let's take coffee. I'm I'm Marty, our one listener, and I drink a I drink two cups of coffee every day, and then boom, coffee is gone. There's a coffee shortage in the world and it's for years. I probably lose my mind for a couple of months because I can't handle it and I'm tired. But then what do you hear about these people that, you know, start eating healthily after, you know, they're like, it was hard at first, but now I don't even want that stuff. Like, I'm really gravitated toward, you adapt. So, and you feel better. A lot of people say, I feel better. So let's let's say that Marty, they go, hey, three years later, the coffee shortage is is over. Um, Here's some coffee you can have and aren't you happy? And he goes, I've kind of moved on from that. I don't. I don't, I don't really even want it anymore. And, you know, I, I, if you would have tried to give this to me two years ago when the shortage first happened, I would have just drank every drop. But now I, I think I've changed. You know, I don't need it now. And it, it's almost about making a commitment to the things that you want to keep constant, you know? Yeah. Because anything you take away, you can just go through the standard withdrawal symptoms and then kind of absolve yourself of needing that, of anything, of being a person. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you if you are Sebastian and you and Avery, she gets pregnant and she has triplets. <laughs> Let's say she has triplets <laughs> and it is just insane. Let's talk about the sacrifices <laughs> you're gonna make. You're gonna you're gonna sacrifice this podcast. You're gonna sacrifice yourself as a person and who you are and your personality. You're going to probably sacrifice some of your relationship but just because children are so demanding that you would have to put a lot of stuff on the back burner. And it would be up to you to go, okay, as soon as I'm able to get back to doing these things, I do want to resume them and make a commitment to that. Because chances are, if you live your life with triplets and raise them for three, four, five, six years until you get to a point to where things have calmed down and you can do things like figure out who Sebastian is or be a married couple with your wife or come over and have a podcast episode with me, you might find yourself in a compl- as, as a completely different person and in a completely different situation in your life where you go, I don't really even want that anymore. Because to adapt, you made your life something manageable where you didn't need the things that you wanted that you couldn't have. Does that make sense? It it makes sense, but I, I personally disagree. And Marty, I'd like to know about your opinion on this because 
I so let's say let's let's go back to the scenario. I did a bunch of drugs. I didn't listen to Dare, and now my wife is pregnant with triplets, and I don't even remember, you know, doing the act because mm-hmm. I was just fucked up on all sorts of drugs that the kids around the corner pressured me to do for free. By the way, well, they just they just shoved them down your throat. Yeah, they just shoved them down my throat, and I went and got my pregnant my wife pregnant with triplets. Now, I. Um, and and this and, and I learned this from when I couldn't walk and I'd lost everything. You start to kind of understand the resources at your disposal around you, and you start to be able to leverage people and things to your advantage. Not in a bad way. Not like I'm taking advantage of people, but people that genuinely want to help or resources that can genuinely make your life easier while not having to sacrifice a lot. So going back to your situation, I would not want to give up this podcast because I made a commitment to 100 episodes. So Marty, you're getting 100. Don't want you to worry. After that, I don't know. We'll see what Blake's feeling. But uh, that being said, if I had triplets, first things first, I have developed and fostered a really great relationship with my mother throughout the time I was injured and throughout everything that was going on, she would move up to Birmingham or I would move to Montgomery. We would make that sacrifice. Secondly, Avery's mother cannot wait to be a grandparent. So she would probably help us anytime, any day, all the time. And Avery and I, as a combined front, would take care of the kids. Now, our podcast typically is from 9.30 to about 12. If, if it goes over, it's because I'm hanging out for a little while. 9.30 to 12 or 9.30 to 1 is typically how long it takes. That being said, I would probably shift over into remote. Yeah. I'd put it on a credit card. I'd buy a nice mic. We'd get a good setup. And then you and I would do like Zoom or something like that. And then I would I would do my best to to try and not lose the things I really care about. Because I don't believe I'm a big, you know, I want to have my cake and eat it too. So I am willing to make the sacrifices to have the things I want. Something I would say is that when you are, when you have limitations or put in a position where you have limitations, people like us that want our cake, because I have my cake and I eat it too. Yeah, you do. We find different ways to have our, we, we compromise the cake that we eat. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and, and that's what I'm trying to say is that you go, well, maybe having a podcast looks like this. Maybe hanging out with my friends looks like this. You, you know what I mean? And and what I mean by that is that, like, what you're allowed to have and what you are capable of having looks this way. And you, you find a way to get what you want. And then eventually when you're back in a position where you can have the thing you initially wanted, you don't even really want that because now it's, it's this thing now, if that makes any sense at all. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I don't know where you're at this morning, man. You're feeling so good. You're talking nonsense. I'm just all over it. (laughs) You are all over the place. So, (laughs) and so what I'm trying to say is that, um, it's just, Okay, so right now you're in a position no, no, where no, no, listen, 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 listen. I take take like this. Take somebody taking a break from school. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to college. I'm going to get a degree to do this thing. 
Okay. Right? Okay. Things get crazy, uh, whatever, expenses, bills. You go, mm, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, you know, you wanted to be a doctor. And while you were in school, doctor's probably not a good example because doctors can't even work while they're in school. Yep. You want to be a lawyer. Something something that you could maybe be in school for, but maybe. also have a job. If you, you're really smart. Right? You want to be a lawyer, and you also have a job working at a factory. Okay. What kind of factory? Paint the picture for us. Uh, it's, what, uh, are, what are we making here at this you're factory? You're in uh, latex manufacturing. Oh, this, okay. That's a Seinfeld reference. Okay. Um, anyway. <laughs> Art Vandalay. Vandalay Industries. Is okay. the, anyways, so you're, you, know, you work at a factory. You're in school. You're trying to be a lawyer. You want to be the best lawyer ever, blah, 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 blah. Some, something happens where you have to take a, an, a hiatus from school, right? Sure. So you go, well, I need money. I can't really afford school right now, and I, don't, I, don't, I need to pay for these other things. So I'm really going to throw all my eggs into this factory basket. And maybe you go for an indefinite amount of time, and then I'll go back to school, right? Yeah. So you're doing the factory thing. You're taking on over time. You're really making that your life. The more you make that your life the farther away being a lawyer becomes in the back of your mind. Of course. And then what happens? Your boss goes, I really saw your work. I want to promote you. And now one day, five years goes by, 10 years goes by, and you never went back to school. You never became a lawyer. But now you're uh, you're, you're, you're like manager of the whole factory. Yeah. You know what I mean? And what I'm trying to say is that you, you're probably making good money. You're probably comfortable where you are. And if somebody could say, all right, well, just, you know, quit this job and go back. To, you, you can do it now. Stuff isn't crazy like it was. Go back to law school. You go, oh, I'm kind of here now. I don't, I don't want that anymore. I think it's people being afraid of being uncomfortable. But so that's what I'm saying. So take that with anything. Take that with, take that with the 22 year old couple that just got married and they go, Hey, we need money. I'm going to go be a truck driver. And like, I miss you so much. And they're wildly in love. But then he's gone all the time. And it's nothing dark. Not like they cheat on each other. They're just so far away from each other. They get used to that. You get used to being the factory worker. And you go, either I can be cripplingly sad all the time because I miss you and I'm not with you. And just cry all the time while I'm driving this truck. Or I can turn on the radio and start looking at things out there and kind of get used to the way I'm living life here and become kind of complacent with this or, or kind of just mo- not even complacent, just move my life in this Happy, direction. Finding happiness. Yeah, in finding happiness sense. where you are. Yeah. And then something that was supposed to be a sacrifice or a temporary thing on the back burner, you go, mm, I've kind of, you know, it's like, it's like undercover agents. Like you're in too deep. You yeah. know what I mean? So you have to keep yourself grounded with the things that you want to be temporary. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if you're not careful, you could just wake up one day and you now you're slip off now you're the, the regional manager of the factory and you're like, uh, yeah, I guess I wanted to be a lawyer. Or you have a fleet of trucks. But you know what I'm saying though? No, I I, I get I get what you're saying. It's it's the it's the human aspect of being comfortable. Well, we are always trying to be happy and comfortable. It not, is. Not it comfortable. Is. Not comfortable. because Or complacent. Not even know. complacent. Because this guy's probably doing a good job at this factory and he's probably got a real job and it might be fulfilling. It's more about staying committed to the things that you want to stay committed to that you hold as important. In mm, I think, I think, look, I, and that we can disagree. There's nothing wrong with disagreeing here. But I think working at the factory, it's kind of like, 
It's like water beating on a stone. It slowly but surely creates a cavern, and it starts to carve out a path but what if that this, the water's What if easy. this guy's doing big shit at this factory? But that's what like, I'm saying. Like, what if he's just like a key player and but whatever? That's, and That's what I'm saying. And then it's like... It's a lot harder for him to move that stream over and carve into that new rock. Because he's already made a nice valley that's water's flowing well, and he's comfortable, and he that that rock is worn down well, and and it doesn't mean that he's not working hard. It doesn't mean anything other than the fact that even though his dream was originally to be an attorney, he carved out a beautiful path in this in this factory, this latex factory, making gloves, <laughs> making gloves, condoms, uh, wet gloves. For your dick. And now <laughs> now moving that nozzle over into the other rock, he's gonna have to start from zero and it's gonna be so much harder. But I think that that's the difference between people like you and I and difference between like the guy at the factory. Some people are willing to move that nozzle. I'm willing to move the nozzle everywhere and make little divots everywhere and really see where my path is the best carved. But some people, you know, they just they want something. But then they start something else, and then they start carving it. They get comfortable, and then they don't want to move. I don't think it's about seeing where your path is the best carved, though, because technically, you know, Marty's path was best carved at the factory. It would it would have taken a lot more resistance. But it's not his dream. But so that's what I'm saying. So it's not about where it's best carved. That's not what you're doing. Because if you if it's where you're best carved, then you just go for like family business. Dad wants me to work for him, but you you always take the path of least resistance. And that, that's what I'm Some saying is do. like how should you know. Should you just let life throw you where it wants to throw you, and then one day you wake up and go, I guess I'm here? Or should you determine, like, this is what I... Because the the thing about it is, is when you're choosing the specific things that you want and going after those things, you're going to be met with a lot more resistance than just going where it feels like stuff is pushing you to go. There's two analogies or two little sayings that I've learned in my life, Okay. The one that travels upstream finds the cleanest water. So the person that literally goes against the current and follows the stream up is going to be the strongest, right? Because you have to actually work to get up there and you will find the cleanest water, the purest water. That's a saying in Colombia. It's a very beautiful one and it makes sense. And then the second one is if you don't have resistance, you'll never build muscle. You have to, you always have to have resistance to grow if mm-hmm. you believe in finding your dreams. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody who doesn't work out, they can live a beautiful life with no muscles and they never worked and, you know, they'll, they'll be fine. But somebody who has worked out, somebody who lifts, somebody who restrains themselves every day and works hard to achieve a goal will have much more satisfaction when they look in the mirror because they followed their goals and they've suffered and they've worked hard for it. So I don't think either is right or wrong, but I think there's a little bit more satisfaction when you actually work hard and strain a little bit and be that attorney that you've always wanted to be. I purposefully, and we're, we're close to time here, but I purposefully, and, and that's not because I think I'm perfect or I'm better than everybody else, but like I've adopted a stream of, trying to, <laughs> of trying to push on the things that seem scary or hard to me. Yeah. You know, like for instance, let's say I've got a toothache. I, I've done this ever since I was a kid. If I had a toothache and like kind of touching my teeth on it would hurt, I would press down as hard as I could because I would go, okay, I want to know the maximum amount of pain that this toothache is going to give me. You know, so like if I, if it hurts for my teeth to kind of touch because I have a toothache, I will bite down as hard as I can and go, okay, that's the most it'll hurt. Anything else is less than that. Um, 
and keeping it on tooth tooth anecdotes i guess i guess i have bad teeth or something yeah but um i had to get a root canal this year and it was the first okay i'd been putting this root canal off for 15 years oh more. my god um i knew as a kid that i needed one and i was terrified and i kind of kept it a secret and um you kept your tooth problem a secret yeah and finally i went to the dentist and they were like look you you need to get this done and i was so scared i was terrified i just heard all these things about it it sucks dude and i was scared you know and i mean this is this year and i so i scheduled the root canal and i was like okay and like being a father to it was like i gotta do shit i'm scared of i guess i want you know what i mean like van really inspired me because he had to get shots and he was afraid to get shots but like he was like i'm gonna do it because i want a sticker and i was like okay like yeah he's way more afraid of getting a shot than i am a root canal and i'm pretty scared of getting a root canal (laughs) so like he wants the sticker more than the pain of the shot yeah that's a man right there so 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 i was like okay i gotta do it and i when i went in there and i was scared um and when i went in there like the the paperwork that they gave me didn't help me they were like is there something we can put on the tv uh can we give you a blanket like all this stuff about like a questionnaire that I had to fill out and give back to him. Trying to make you more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Why? why? Like, why is it so terrible that you have to like, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? It sucks. I mean, you know, you got one. Yeah. So I've never had one, so I don't know. So then, so then, uh, (laughs) one thing it said was, would you like to use laughing gas nitrous? And it would, and and it was like, it was nothing to my insurance. It would have been like 10 bucks or something to add it. Yes. So, get high for free man i was i was enticed I, as scared as i was i was enticed and i thought no i i think that i'm i think i would have done it if i wasn't as scared as i was mm. if i wasn't as scared i'd be like never had laughing gas before let's try it but i was like no i'm terrified of this so i probably need to experience it as raw as possibly with my eyes wide open like i need to just see it like throw myself in the middle of it with no nothing. lidocaine no Just yeah, give it yeah. To me well, no, they, they numb me <laughs> but um so i did that and um and it was fine it didn't hurt at all they were done like i was like you're done they were like yeah it's so, quick so that being said i've realized that like more often than not the harder thing normally is the thing that i should be trying to do you know um and that's that's with everything, you know. And I, I, it's just a there's a difference in going. Mm, I'm gonna always do what's easier here. And sometimes, sometimes going to school and getting the degree and having the job as soon as you come out, that's the easier thing. Sometimes oh, yeah. it is, and For that's not that's not to commend anybody that does that. You know what I mean? That's an achievement in itself. But if, condemn, not commend. Commend is to well, no, no. I guess I do want to commend those people that do. You that. do want to commend. You know, them. that's okay. not to not commend them. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, okay. But like, you know, if you are, if you're the person that like you always wanted to be a nurse, then go to nursing school, be a nurse. And as soon as you get out of nursing school, you'll have a nursing job right there waiting for you. That might be their dream. But if you wanted to be a freelance fashion designer and you go, mm, but if I go be a nurse, I know I'll have a job. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's the fear. Yeah. The fear stops many, man. But let's not live our life in fear, man. Let's keep recording. (laughs) Thanks, guys, for listening. Marty, Marty. stay clean, bro. Marty the party. Dude, he's it. He's it. Tell your friends. Marty, please.
convince one other person to watch this, listen to this. <laughs>